What's up, everybody? Welcome to the JMS Podcast with Jorge M. Sanchez. Today's guest is artist Lucy Gelfi. Had a great chat about art, about her transition from Salinas to San Jose, and many other things. We shared laughs, we shared some tears, and overall, I think we had a great chat. But before we get to that conversation, reminder to please check out JMS Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also subscribe to the JMS Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, and on SoundCloud. Please follow the JMS Podcast on the website. You can go to jmspodcast.com, see all the available content, and you can email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. Once again, a friendly reminder as well that uh, I have been ill for the last couple of weeks since Christmas, so I was not really at the top of my game. I hope uh, you guys can... Uh, Forgive me if there's any coughing in this conversation, in this recording. I did my best to flesh things out. And um, it's been a, been a long road coming of, uh, of recovery. I think uh, I think it's much more than just the cold. It's already been about two weeks or so. I, I think at this point, I'm a little nervous. I'm having pneumonia. I made the appointment, so no need to worry. I think I'll live. I just got to survive until Tuesday. That's when my appointment's happening. And um, hopefully everything goes well, you know. I'm a I'm a hypochondriac. I'm not sure for those who are listening for the first time. I am constantly feeling like I am destined for doom, and um, death is around the corner. I don't know why I developed this feeling. I forgot from what age, but um, I gotta say that I'm pretty bad at being a hypochondriac. A part of me goes like, "Huh, I wish something bad happened so I could finally be like, see, see, I knew I, I knew it. I had something." But you know, in most cases, uh, knock on wood. I've been okay. Sure, there's been a couple times I, I rushed in, rushed into the ER saying I'm a, on the verge of a stroke or I'm on the verge of a heart attack. And they're like, nope, you're just having a panic attack. And it's like, oh, okay. Learned my lesson there. So no need to worry. I just got to survive these horrible feelings until Tuesday where my doctor will be like, Jorge, once again, everything checks out. All right? Just keep going at the cough drops. And, uh, and yeah. So uh, this is, uh, let's go over to Lucy Gelfi, and let's go see what she is up to. And uh, thank you once again for all of you people for tuning in. Um, thank you for coming. Thank you for coming, Lucy. Oh, thank you for the invitation. Uh, once again, so uh, hopefully it wasn't that long of a drive. No, it was perfect. It was good timing and, you know, using my maps <laughs> got me here. Are you, did you live in San Jose? I do live in San Jose. I live um, kind of right in the middle over by the Prune Yard and mm. borderline uh, Willow Glen and uh, the Cambrian area. Nice area, especially in the holidays. Everybody has all those lights up on their on their neighborhoods. It's real nice. It's like a little tour you could do. Yep, yep. All over the Glen lights up, and they have those. Uh, well, my daughter called it a Chris, uh, Charlie Christmas uh, tree. You know, on their front yard. Uh-huh. <laughs> she liked to do that. You know, yeah. the worst tree. She put it in front. But anyway, they decorate their houses in blocks and blocks of people too. I had a I had a friend over there recently, and he was a uh, house city. And I asked him about the lights, and he says that people, some neighborhoods get competitive about it. Yes. So. Yes, we're not involved with that. No. <laughs> no. We can barely get our lights on. <laughs> now, uh, Lucy, it's great having you here. Uh, I, I've, uh, I took a look at your art a while back ago mm-hmm. uh, online. And uh, oh, the thing is, uh, so abstract art, mm-hmm. for the longest time for me, it was very, uh, excuse the pun, very abstract <laughs> to really comprehend. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and it wasn't until recently that I started appreciating it a lot more because, um, well, here's the story. I'll tell you the story. It makes okay. sense within the context of the story. Okay. I, I was pretty much, I was going through a breakup, mm-hmm. you know, um, where I had to get away. So I went, I, I accidentally drove to Berkeley. Mm-hmm. I ended up in Berkeley. And then I ended up in a uh, film archive that also served as an art museum. Oh, wonderful. And me, I'm, I'm a film writer so it's like oh, well, it's something new mm-hmm. something to take my, my head so I'm in there and I'm looking at the art display and it was this huge canvases of, of abstract art 
and like I said before, you know, I, I wasn't really trying trying to even relate to it, relate to it, or mm-hmm. be interested in it. But here I was, and I was just focused on it, and I got mad because I was like, "How come I don't get this? Like, mm-hmm. like I why why don't I get this?" And of course, I was only projecting my insecurities through the breakup. You know, I was like, "Is this why? Because I'm just <laughs> that kind of person who doesn't get these beautiful things." So I bothered a uh, a person who was working at the uh, at the museum, and I, and I was telling them, "Hey, can you explain this to me? How does this work? Uh, is, is how long do, am I supposed to stare at it? How long? Will we tell me, is there a guide to this?" <laughs> and she saw, as she said, she said, "Well, you look at it until you feel something," mm-hmm. and that just like hit me hard. I was like, "Until I feel something." Mm. So it's like a very so what I'm saying is is when now when I look at abstract art now I've learned the lesson of like it, it's it's not so much to get it's only if you feel mm-hmm. something of it mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. how much of it is the artist's um, intentions and mm-hmm. how much is it your own projections mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are these themes that you think about when you create your own art. Oh my goodness! Um, Was that too much? Well, I apologize. No, 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 no. Of course not. No, I. I'll back up a little bit, and if you'll remind me of your question, you know, because I might get <laughs> off track. But um, <coughs> I've painted um, realistic. I've painted. Um, I've done sculpture and other me other uh, techniques, and I have always been drawn to texture and to abstraction, and. Um, so when I paint, I, I, f- I love the play of the color and the texture and the buildup and and if something comes out of an image or a a um, uh, even if even if it's abstract abstracted image, you know it starts coming out and I look at that and it's like oh wow look at this so either I enhance it or I try to. Um, you know, bring it out some more if it's working or it's not working and I like almost start all over. Um, so when I am working with that with an abstract piece, I start with um, just getting texture on the canvas because I work on canvas and um, I hope to be working on uh, panel board um, this next coming year. But um, so the texture comes on first and then the colors and as the colors start to um, get layered on the canvas then certain feelings start emerging uh, like with cool colors um, or with the warm or you know what kind of movement and balance and you know I have to I think about all of those things as I'm working on the composition Um, but overall the 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 end feeling sometimes is it you know is what makes I'm done you know it kind of determines when I'm done um, and other times I'm just so concentrated on on that color balance and the composition I'm not even thinking about the feeling and then all of a sudden you know you sit back and you know I let it rest mm-hmm. and then it's like oh my gosh look at that you know I wasn't even thinking of that particular image but it just emerged and um and some people um like abstraction uh and others don't want to go near it and i think the 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 the, one of the reasons is uh and i'm just (laughs) guessing at this point Mm -hmm. but um some when people are presented with um with something that makes them feel, they shy away from it. Mm. They they rather not deal with those feelings. So, you know, it's like that's not for me. You know, I just, you know. Well, that makes sense. That really does. Uh, and I think because um, now I very much enjoy uh-huh. uh, abstract art mm-hmm. sense, and I felt partly with what you're saying is like people have to make an effort. Mm-hmm. Really, mm-hmm. It, it's a lot like uh, for me. It was a lot like uh, eating crab, where it's so good, but you need to work at it. You, know? you, need, to, <laughs> you need to break the shell. You, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you need to put some effort into it. Mm-hmm. it. It's not something that's gonna be served 
on a dish for you to easily mm. consume. Yeah. It challenges you to, to reflect your that's, own. That's a great analogy for someone who likes the re, you know, that still life, realistic painting. Yeah. Um, you know, portraits are a whole other genre, but um, so if they like something, the landscape, they can really definitely tell that's Mount Hood or, you know, that's a lake or whatever. And that, you know, they really like it because they know what it is. Mm-hmm. But if they have to go into, like you said, work at it and get to that point of like, oh, I really like this, but I'm not sure why, but I like this. Right, right. You know, so, yeah. Now, why is it important for you to start with texture? That's a, a, an interesting uh, detail. This particular um, technique that I started about two years ago, um, I... I really liked the abstraction, and my mentor at that time, uh, well, and I, we're you know we're friends and we work together uh, still. Um, she, um, when I saw her work and I was able to afford her workshops, I, um, I started using some of her techniques as far as the. Uh, you know, working with the texture and using different materials, you know, recycling, um, just found objects, um, uh, organic material, paper and wallpaper and all sorts of things um, to build up the texture and, and really push the, the 3D aspect on a 2D um, surface, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and I really liked the... Um, how the because I use powder pigment uh, acrylic and powder pigment for this particular series um, and then the very what happens is that the paint the first layer has to dry then you add the next one and when you add the next one you activate the one below it Be, you know that is so that they start mixing on their own mm. those two colors and then when you add the third and you know and so forth and some of the paintings have you know 10 to 20 layers but um but it's not a layer as in covering the whole canvas but it's just certain parts of it you know that you want to either tone down a color or bring it back up or you know so it's a like a form of glazing um without using glazing medium and um and so there's a depth to the my paintings but it doesn't show up very well when you go to um, to online as an example you know it doesn't show you you have to see them you know firsthand basically to really get that yeah the the visual effect of the of the of the depth of the of the painting in some ways art is like music where it's better seeing it live yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. Y- you did a a thematic uh, series of bioluminescence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a really interesting one. Uh, how did that idea come out to you, and, and how how did you start mapping out what that, to do? Um, a lot of my work comes out serendipitously, um, in that um, it was by uh, pure um, frustration first. And then by accident, and then by where the frustration come in? Oh, uh, because the the texture and the colors. I had started off with that that first um, bioluminescent uh, painting was wasn't working, and so I just covered it up with all black, and I said I'll just start over, and I took out some of the, I took off some of the composition and painted over it, and kind of like white canvas, you know, I painted over it. And then I painted it in the black, and then I said, you know, I'm, I love this color, you know, the color I was going to put on next. I said, I love this color. I'm, you know, I'm just going to go for it. What do I have to lose? And so I started pouring this cobalt blue in a powdered pigment form uh, instead of the acrylic. And the way it just settled into all the crevices and how it just, you know, because it was highly textured, you know, with uh, paper and sand and so forth. And it just popped. And um, and then, so that, you know, I was really happy with that. 
And then the next one was like, oh, wait a minute. And then a friend of mine saying, you know what that looks like? That looks like the bioluminescence. And I said, you're kidding. What? What are you talking about? And then I did some research, and it's just a phenomenon that happens all over the world. So the, thing <laughs> you know? ha- the theme came later. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That little mini-series, mm-hmm. you know, within a series, yes. Yeah, it, it came later, and, uh, um, and it's fun, you know. So, um, you know, in trying to do, you know, like the red or the orange or the green. There's a green, you know, one too, and it's... Uh, um, and it's fantastic. I mean, one of these days, I hope to experience that firsthand. You know, mm-hmm. what a difference that would be, you know, to actually be right in the middle of a lagoon or something and, and to be in a canoe, you know, out there and, and be able to have that. Do you enjoy that, those outdoor activities? Some. some yeah. <laughs> I, I, get some. A, I get a little paranoid in dark waters, uh-huh. especially in the ocean. Oh, yeah. Where you just yeah. you find yourself in the abyss of, like, yeah. Yeah. Of like dark water. It's yeah. like I don't know. I, I get yeah. a little nervous. Yeah. Oh yes. I I've have to overcome fear of height and depth and you know, deep water and not knowing, not seeing the bottom. Mm. I've I've had to overcome that. So but so that's tough. Anyway. Did you start out out early in your uh, artistic career with abstractions or did you come in with a different uh skill? Uh well actually, you know, I um my first career was uh, in teaching uh, children, uh, and I ended up with uh, almost 30 years, uh, and, and I had my master's in education, and, and I taught in special ed. And um, so that was my career, <laughs> you know, in raising my children and so forth. And then when I took my retirement, I um, started taking classes over at San Jose City and just to see like, okay, do I really have what it takes, you know, to do because I, I really felt a need to paint and to be creative and the arts and crafts didn't do it for me because I tried that, you know, and just didn't hold my interest. So, um, so when I, you know, of course you have to do your, your assignments through the, through the particular classes that you that I was taking the studio classes over at city and um, and so but I was always pulled to the um, to the abstraction and having um, there was one gal there that she did this impasto and she would have their her, her palette and get this gobs and gobs of paint and be able to do you know her uh, a portrait let's say I says, oh my gosh, I can't imagine how, you know, it's like, you know, using butter and putting it on the canvas. But I mean, it was super thick. And I said, I, I don't understand, you know, I, it was hard for me to, to be able to even imagine using that much paint on that canvas and be able to come up with an image. Um, but they, I mean, she did a great job. Um, and then so some of our assignments were to create, you know, a kind of graphic and, you know, a variety of things. And then so the abstraction, um, the, the holding my interest was at that point, you know, well, I don't know, four or five years ago, that just really I was honing in into and getting into that, that uh, genre, I guess mm-hmm. it's called. So... Yeah. Were you into abstract art prior to to uh, taking those classes? Um, only as an interest in, um, you know, oh, well, let me back up. I Yes, because I remember in, um, in high school liking this particular um, artist at that time. I didn't know who they were, um, but they were um, the Favist. And the Favist were um, a group of of individuals who were protesting against the <laughs> the mainstream in, in in Paris, and so they just did use these wild colors to to paint, you know, that landscape. You know, they would have a pink sky, and you know the the uh, the uh, trees would be in you know red and blue instead of the natural colors and so it was very pop like well they, they st- it was still 
Um, like Andy Warhol, like pop. No, 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 or, no. Yeah. It was more of like you could tell it was the landscape, you know, a, a scene in Paris or whatever, but or the building, and they would um, they would take that that scene and just use you know these these colors that were just just so contrary to what the, the reality was. Mm. You know what the you know if the building was gray, they painted it you know you know blue green or teal or whatever <laughs> you know so um so it was there it was kind of wild and um in those times you know and um when I first saw are we talking about the seventies here oh no gosh, mm. no, this was uh oh, oh. It was Ra Raoul uh, Dufay and um, Matisse, you know, during that time, oh, okay. before Matisse and around that time. Um, and I, I'm horrible with dates, um, but um, you know, they, they, there was a group of people, and they have the, they had this movement of, of like cubism or you know, with uh, Picasso and so forth. You know, it was it was quite a movement, and uh, there was a group that just. Um, they because they wouldn't let them be in the prestigious uh, art show in, mm. in in Paris and they were you know kind of and so they started their own <laughs> they started their own gallery and their own shows basically uh -huh. and uh, and you know kind of the thumbs up or whatever you know yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. the, throwing them the bird yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> were, were you into uh, political movements like that you know I think all my life I have been um, a a person who um, social justice is a, is a uh, I wouldn't say a passion, but it really speaks to me. It's like and, a calling. Mm -hmm. um, social justice, um, the rights of the individual, um, the uh, inequity. Mm -hmm. um, those kinds of things or, or you know in art um, you know when I first started working um, or, or being in art shows and working with other artists and I've met some fantastic artists along the way in this latter part of my journey and um, I always I, I heard not always but I heard about um, you know, jealousy and um, artists keeping to themselves and not sharing and being very um, protective of what they were doing and not sharing resources or and so forth. Anyway, so it was kind of a, the dark side of, yeah. of the artist community. And um, and since being a full-time artist, um, I don't have that, and I've I've have enough experience in life to know that for me, I encourage. I am happy for the other person. Being an art is such a personal, subjective craft mm -hmm. that a lot of egos do get involved. Mm -hmm. A lot of hurt feelings come from mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. um, which I think uh, I find it in music. I find it in film. Yes. Uh, anything creative, really. Mm -hmm. um, what I find interesting about you, and I think maybe that's why it helped you, is that you had a life experience outside of art. Mm -hmm. So when you came in, you, you've already gone through your own journey. Mm -hmm. And a lot of artists, they start, I feel, start in their earlier years and they just uh, forget that there's life outside of art mm. at, that's at least that's the lesson I learned with me like sometimes in my filmmaking I'll get very jealous or I get very you know competitive and mm. it's like well it's only because <clears throat> as I'm growing as an adult I'm processing so many emotions and I'm just projecting that in my in my creative work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. do you feel like that's a factor uh Yes, and and um, yes, experience has has um, you know I bring that perspective, and of also experiencing um, being shut out um, from 
uh, you know, early on from school groups, you know, uh, junior high, high school, and so forth, uh, in the community, and being an outsider. Um, and so, and then in teaching, you could just see, you know, the same kind of behavior between the kids. Mm. Um, and so, for me, being, I, I, I want to be inclusive, not exclusive. And so that's part of my value system that um, I rather have you um, have an artist, you know, whatever their capability is to to involve them in whatever capacity. Um, and like I was saying, you know, your success is everybody's success mm-hmm. and uh, including my own. So, and it's a better, we're making a better world. We're making a better place by being, um, not by jealousy and competitiveness. Um, yes, some I agree, some competition is healthy, um, but at the same time, not to the detriment of, of shutting somebody down so much that you know, they disappear in one form or another. It's not it's very constructive. Kinda, no, it's not very and constructive. It, it doesn't help the community at all. No, no, not at all. So, um, you know, and then the art scene is changing so much with um, the uh, commercial art galleries and so much online now. Um, and that's a whole other new learning, you know, for his art as an artist and that you have to figure out how best to fit into that, you know, digital world mm. to be able to get your artwork out there. In some ways I think it's easier, but in others it's like, it's a lot of, like it's that crab analogy. Mm. You know, you have to work at it, <laughs> feel away to get to that really good part. Not to think of it, the internet must have been a big game changer in the art world. Because for the longest continues time... Continues to be. Yeah, yeah continues to be. Because the longest time you're dependent on galleries for exposure. Right. And now mm-hmm. you don't need to rely on the galleries. You could just post things online and mm-hmm. get noticed that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I just thought about that. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes yeah. very much sense. So I want to start from the beginning. Can we go back in time? Sure. I like because uh, I saw in your bio that you grew up in the middle of California. Mm-hmm. Where, you, where were you born and raised? Um, I was born in Salinas, and um, as you know, it's like fifty miles south of San Jose here. Mm-hmm. And, um, but my, um, my grandparents and my parents, um, were migrant workers, uh, up until I was about, uh, I would say about 10 or 11 years old. And so we moved up and down the coast up to Washington and back down and so forth. What was um, that experience like for you? You know, I was young enough that I just went with the flow. We went, had to go with the flow. I don't have much say, you so know. It's a lot of traveling. Yeah, you know, you, 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 you know, basically, you know, you follow the the crops and we went to school wherever we went. And so that was a lot of new schools and people, you know, all of a sudden you had to leave. And Was that where the outsider feeling came from? Oh, yeah, definitely. The outsider um, and, uh, uh, you know, we, our parents uh, worked hard to, you know, get, shoes on our feet and clothes on our back and food in our bellies mm-hmm. and um, and you know big families and you traveled in groups and so forth and um, but finally I mean they did settle in, in Salinas um, you know they they bought a home uh, my uh, parents both got uh, steadier jobs and my mother in the cannery and then a postery up in Monterey when there was a Ford, Ford factory in Monterey. Uh-huh. Uh, my dad got a job at a um, at the Naval Post Graduate School. So he was there for many years. As and an educator? S- my father? Yeah. Oh no, he, I believe he l- worked in uh, facilities. Mm-hmm. You know, um, my parents did not graduate from high school. So um, they, um, they had that, I mean, they both spoke English and, and uh, reading and writing, you know, to their uh, biliterate <laughs> uh, 
not to the degree of being, you know, university level or anything by by any means, but um, it's enough to to get by and survive and and take care of business, basically. Mm-hmm. But um, by by doing that, by settling in Salinas rather than L.A., which was um, where most of my family was from, or had settled. Um, at the time, you know, Salinas was still small, um, and, uh, un, you know, it's not developed like it is now with uh, all the, you know, track mm-hmm. homes, uh, tracks of homes that they have now. But um, by doing that, then they provide us the stability that we needed to be on uh, the same school and make friends and, um, and be... Um, more integrated, I suppose, in in the community. Mm. Um, uh, be able to be a part of it, and um, and build friendships and so forth. So, um, and then so all of my uh, all of my siblings, except my oldest sister, graduated from high school. Um, How many siblings did you have? I um, I have two sisters and uh, three brothers, and we all. Oh boy. Uh, I'm sure there's two a, of us, a lot of tussling happening in that, yeah, in that yeah, group. Yeah. So two of us um, have master's degree. Um, and then I have another brother that has a, a bachelor's. And the other two that went through uh, junior college level. Hmm. and uh, But we all graduated and we all um, somewhat professional or semi-professional jobs, you know, and families and stability and and uh more of the american dream i suppose mm. was <laughs> yeah. either of your parents creative do you feel like you, you uh, my mother was um uh you know my father well my father did play the guitar and the piano um and he taught he was self-taught and i mean i i still have um the book that he used to teach himself algebra wow yeah i i've, I've held on to that what kind of music was he playing? Oh, you know what? The in uh, uh, mostly religious, you know, the through for the church. Mm-hmm. Gospel music. Yeah, 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 yeah. And most of it in Spanish, I think. I don't remember hearing the English, but most of it in Spanish. Did you have a religious upbringing? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> um, it was um, apostolic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't grow up Catholic. So that in itself was, I felt like an outsider with the other uh, Mexicanos in the community. The predominant Catholic. Yeah, yeah, because I didn't know, you know, I I had no idea what a quinceanera was, um, or uh, the other, you know, the you know between the baptisms and all the all the uh, the, uh, the rites of, you know, that they that that the church celebrates. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, first communion, baptisms, and so forth, and uh, and of course the quinceaneras. You know, we had had no idea, and um, you know, yes, we celebrated Christmas and uh, you know Easter and so forth, but nothing to the degree that you know the Catholic Church or the Mexicanos celebrate. So, so. we're growing up large family, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, you had no real artistic uh, endeavors happen at the time or was it something just part of school I or a coping mechanism to deal with feeling like the outsider that was my coping mechanism between my siblings you know that would be my own I, I put myself in my own little world by you know drawing and and you know whenever I could and, and then once I started um, I don't remember too much in junior high but high school um, I remember being in in the choir and and taking my art classes and being the assistant, you know, the TA for for the art teacher and um, and being able to, um, you know, I just enjoyed it mm-hmm. um, without thoughts of what I was going to do after high school and um, the saving grace for. Um, for me and my siblings was that um, the uh, EOP program mm. that we were, uh, you know, without, we had no, 
way, or neither did my parents, um, there was no uh, connection to anything outside of their world of survival, getting food on the table and working and you know paying the mortgage and so forth. So um, there was no network of of uh, you know helping each other with um, with information and so forth. So when the when the school calls called us in, you know the all the uh, eligible uh, EOP EOP applicants, and you know what EOP is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, but for those who don't, how would you best describe economic it? opportunity program? Yeah. And My sister was part of that. Yeah. Got, got her through college. Yes, yes. And at that time that I went, they were very liberal with uh, grants, uh, loans, grants, and um, at that time food stamps as well. So um, we were able to um, not have to rely on our parents supporting us because they they couldn't, and um, and what they made when and you know for the survival of whoever was left at home. Um, so um, so that was. Uh, by getting my foot in the door, or uh, so many of us, you know, so many people that that are eligible for the program and it continues today, is by getting the foot in the door, you're able, you're exposed to learning how to um, maneuver the system and how to take advantage of the opportunities that are out there. Um, so. Um, it was it was challenging many many times. It was challenging because, um, you know, as a what eighteen year old, and you think you know it all. Right. <laughs> so did, did, yeah. did you decide a certain uh, uh, focus of study after high school? Um, it, it took about a couple of years uh, going through just the GE courses at state, and then. Um, dabbling in the in the art department. Um, what university did you end up going? San Jose State. Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah, cool. San, yeah. San Jose State uh, must have been different back then, huh? Oh yeah. I heard. I heard. <laughs> I heard they even had like streets going through campus. Yes, Seventh Street was went right through. Yes. yes so yeah. so you get accepted at San Jose State. You attend San Jose State. Uh-huh. How was it? Cut the transition from Salinas to downtown San Jose. Um. It was it was difficult, and you learned how to make friends real fast that could, you know, help you maneuver. And and what was and the most no, challenging part? Uh, one of the um, well, there are several, but um, studying, you know, um, getting uh, you know because the 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 bar was set so high that. You know, if you didn't meet that bar, then, you know, I remember getting my first F, you know. Oh, no. Um, and not having, well, not having the, the most challenging part was not having the skills. Not having the skills to to study and research. And because I had such a, you know, I hate to say it, but it was a mediocre education up to that point. Because up to that point, and, um, and even after I left high school, um, they were still tracking kids. If you, you know, you went to vocational track or you went to this, you know, or you're, you know, you don't have, you're not taking AP courses or you're going to be, you know, the dental hygienist or the assistant, office assistant, you know, that, those kinds of things. So taking shorthand and taking, um, you know, uh, I took, I was able to take typing and bookkeeping, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, home ec, you know, so you were, you, you know, if, you know, but taking that those literature classes or taking that 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 English, you know, um, you know, I never read Shakespeare in high school, mm-hmm. you know. So there was these, you know, like ABC tracks that you were put through, and a lot of the brown kids, you know, ended up in those lower end, you know, because you know, like for us, um, the disadvantage was that we had parents that didn't know maybe they had an inkling that you know there was something different but how to get there they, they didn't know how to do that and they didn't know how to guide us mm. yeah they didn't know how to guide us and, and say you know well if you do this you know you can do that and that kind of thing so um, yeah so that was the most challenging part was able to 
to to study and to um, have the skills, have the skills to get through what was required of you to in order to get a decent grade. Um, so that was a big challenge. So you really had to uh, adapt yes. fast. Yes, yes, yeah. And then you know, being uh, what eighteen years old and having the freedom, <laughs> you know, that was another you know. What was the thing to do for fun back then in downtown? Oh my gosh! Uh, well, downtown still had um, Woolworths and you know those small department stores and uh, and the, and the Emporium was down you know was downtown, um, and that was a department store. You know it's long gone now, but um, maybe J.C. Penney's was down there too. So um, so going downtown to shopping. Um, uh, you could still, uh, those people that had cars, you know, could just, you know, drive around and go to the drive-in, the drive-in, like, you know, <laughs> on South First and so forth. Um, and then you always had the, the uh, you know, people having parties in the weekends, you know, that, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so the, the uh, huh. I remember when Eastridge opened. And that was just so far away from campus. Um, and that was the first big mall yeah. that I remember in this area. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah. On the east side? Yeah. 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 That's interesting. <laughs> Looking back at it now, and you see what's happening downtown now, would you have imagined it growing to that level? Well, you know what? I, I know you can't go back to, you know, um, that hometown feeling, um, if there ever was one, you know, in downtown San Jose. Um, but I don't like to see the the uh, the uh, abandoned buildings and the graffiti and just the the de depressed economy. Um, so for me to be able to see um, uh, major corporations going in, you know, banks and corp financial and corporations going in. And um, and bringing the economy into this area, I mean, I'm for that on a certain level um, because it, it is means more jobs, and yes, it means more traffic and all you know every all the negative things that people think about. But um, I rather I think I rather see that activity and that uh, energy, and not the depressed, you know, the homelessness and and the depressed. Uh, you know, abandoned buildings and um, those kinds of things. I think if we preserve some of the older buildings, um, like they did that building, I don't know what it is right now, but um, the one from across the street from uh, SAP Center, or no, um, the uh, not the SAP Center, what is this? Uh, where the Sharks play. Mm -hmm. The ACP Center. Okay, okay. The arena. Uh, okay, the arena, yes. So right across the street is this older building that looks like, you know, Art Nouveau style. You know, and then there's a there's a company or something. They're using it. They're using it to use the water company, isn't it? It might be. It might be. Hmm. But you know, it's, it's something like that. I mean, to be able to you know recycle, repurpose, and, you know, the building, and and, and uh, you know, I'm glad to see that. Hmm. And to get you know the Guadalupe Park, you know that. You know the 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 uh, the creek, right? The mm -hmm. Valley Creek, and you know have that developed and be able to be use it and Little Italy and you know all of that. I mean, it's just I like that. I like that energy, and I like that 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 has um, has been built up, and it has you know been a it's a part of San Jose. You know, and and I understand that they're going to do a. The, they're going to replicate the the light tower uh, from uh, that um, that one that is at um, historic park. Mm -hmm. You know that they they want to rebuild um, it. You know somewhere downtown. You know to light it up. So that's pretty cool. I mean bringing history. You know back into the into the area. Well, you know what they say times a cyclical thing, right? Yeah. Right. Right, right, right. But going back to you in college, as you're yes. 18, you're adapting, you got these challenges ahead of you, but eventually you turn to uh, edu education. Education. Mm -hmm. What mm -hmm. was that choice about? <laughs> Excuse me. Um, that choice is um, was about giving back to the community. 
making a difference. Um, social justice. Mm. Um, knowing there were many... Um, By the way, side note, sorry to interrupt. Sure. Were you involved in the social justice movement towards uh, wages for the uh, migrant workers? Would you involved in anything like that? Um, I was aware of it, but as far as, you know, I... I did a few like protests and and uh, marches, you know, around San Jose. But as far as going to marching with Chetla Chavez, you know, um, I did not do that. Um, and um, you know, I I was yeah. There was there was a lot. There's 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 many reasons. I think that. I didn't have the, I wasn't brave enough to go out and do that um, because I didn't know, you know, how. I knew why, but I didn't know how I was going to, you know, take care of myself in that, you know, different environment. Right. So, um, yeah, so I wasn't brave enough to, to do that. That's interesting. Yeah, so I, I kind of stayed around here <laughs> and I did what I could, you know. <laughs> So, so you got involved with social justice activism during your college years, and then you decided that education was a good form to yes. integrate it. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there a specific kind of education that you, you tried to go for? Well, <coughs> excuse me. Um, for me, I, I, I concentrated on, on the um, primary grades and teaching the, the younger children. And um, and that um, I felt it was a better fit for me than going after um, you know junior high or high school. You know that yeah. that takes a different. The younger person. kids talk back less. <laughs> yeah, they love you. Yeah, they love, <laughs> they love you. you every day. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not a, they're, they they um, they're not shy about showing. Right. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. Sometimes they're, they're a little too honest. Sometimes. Well, that too, but <laughs> so you, yeah, and then I'll you, still take that over. Then you go into teaching. Mm-hmm. What were some lessons you learned from teaching uh, others? Do you feel like there's any lessons you learned that you applied later into art? Mm. Oh, that's a good question. Occasionally, I ask. Yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> Occasionally. Look at you. <laughs> um, oh, my gosh. What lessons? Well, nothing that I can pinpoint like right away, but I think I think all experiences, um, the good and bad, of what I call the good, bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you take that with you, um, you know, whatever. Um, if I was a movie maker, that'd be part of me. Um, if I was um, a stage performer, so um, I think probably the biggest lesson would be, and trying to re- to think back, would be that we're all the same. Mm. We all have the human need for food, shelter, and clothing, and love. And um, and the damage that I saw caused by um, caregivers to the youngest of these kids was heartbreaking. What kind of damage was was being done to these kids? Oh, abuse. Emotional abuse? Emotional abuse. um, Physical. uh, Sexual abuse. um, Psychological. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, people that didn't have the parenting skills. They were in survival mode. Um, So... um, so not only educating the kids, but also the parents, the caregivers. And um, so that was a big, 
challenge over the years and it's a lot of responsibility to put on yourself as well yeah well and I I learned that um, I take on people's uh, problems or situations challenges and um, I'm a giver I'm a teacher I'm a helper and so you know I've, I've had to um, let go I'll, I'll learn to let go of of that and not absorb um, those you know everybody has their own journey and everybody needs to learn whatever they um, you know I, I can I can help somebody but with a hand up not a not a hand out and so um, um, I've had to teach myself or, or to be conscious of that when um, when I have when I encounter you know a, a situation that um, that can be really quite challenging for for that particular person so uh, so that's basically the lesson I think the biggest lesson is that uh, we're all the same uh, with the same needs and that um, no matter of you know the color or or the um, um, the background that we have um, you know there's going to be uh, good parents loving parents out there and there's going to be some pretty nasty damaged people that are having children yeah. and so um, at this point in time in my life, I'm trying to make a better world through my art. And I feel that um, since having my last um, show at San Jose City back in September um, and working, you know, a couple of years in order to get prepared for that, I have been uh, dealing with this need or this feeling of of taking my art in a different direction uh, probably still abstract <laughs> uh, but I, I want to be um, free in order to 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 uh, get more in touch or feeling or paint with more emotion with more uh, passion and um, there's something brewing. Let's put it that way. There's something brewing. That's in a good me. sign. Yeah, something brewing. It's 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 exciting, and yet it's like daunting at the same time. And it's mm. it, and it's. Um, but I'm I'm also a, you know a, not anxious, but I I want to, um, you know get going. I want to be in there. I want to be in my studio. So how's that experience for you when you uh, started? creating artwork that was going to be put out to the public like in galleries or in showcases and stuff like that did you feel like nervous like oh no for the first time my art's going to be out there in the world uh, well you know it. Um, I'm trying to think back like kind of at my first um, my first showings were always um, was were groups student groups and so um and I think I wasn't nervous in the sense that, oh no, you know, somebody's going to criticize my work, but is, is the feeling that I had done my best at that moment in time. And, um, and I think I approach that even now is that, um, whatever, um, image, you know, when I decide something is finished, I might not be 100% happy with it, but at that point in time, I have to let it go so I can go on to the next piece. And I may come back and make a change or two, you know, but I need to let it rest. So the nervousness of, of you know, is it good enough? Um, sometimes you have to hear, you know, that, yeah, you, you, you've, you've done a great job here. And, um, um, you know, as an example, I, I had over 
uh, 80 pieces that I brought in for the curator at San Jose City, and 46 made it to the show. Um, and the reason it was like 80-something was because um, I have done um, uh, diptychs and quadiptychs, you know, like three together, four together, you know, four paintings that make a cluster. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was counting that as one. <laughs> Not as four, not as three, not as two. And, so, the, and the curator um, uh, sees them as one each, like each part is its own. And some of them, yeah, yeah, they got split. And some of them, they got split. But it was it was a great show. The way she did a fantastic job in in curating the show and and having it, you know, show very very well. And so, um, so the nervousness came from that. And sometimes, of course, you know, I don't know. I guess maybe every artist goes through this, like, you know, dang, why isn't, you know, um, I'm not sure, you know, you start start second guessing yourself. Um, but the need to, the need to create, um, and, mo- and more importantly, or more, um, uh, is the, the creative process experiencing the creative process is that you know the journey Mm -hmm. the journey is what i'm looking for the you know if i get some good stuff at the end of that you know span of time um then yay you know (laughs) but as far as um as wanting to um you know show in you know, going after the next solo show or the next show and exhibition or whatever, um, that is not the end goal. Uh, at this point in time, I I I want to just be creative and and just be uh, because I'm I'm in the zone. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I go into the zone. I'm in the moment, and um, if I don't. If I'm not in the moment, then I'm thinking of the past or the future. You know, I just, you know, I, I enjoy being right there with my with my uh, creative process, and it helps a lot with um, uh, with the depression. You know, because I'm chronic depressed, and um, and so besides, you know, being physical and painting and so forth, then you know that taking care of myself being you know somewhat selfish in this time and point in my life and I love and I like what I'm doing mm. I love my life I'm no. able to do it so I'm, I feel very lucky and I'm really grateful that I can do what I'm doing now are there certain things you do to get yourself ready for the creative process um uh quiet and um uh I play music and um, I um, sure. more and more now I am just decluttering my or just cleaning up, mm-hmm. and so I think that helps clear the head, and then I can I don't have those distractions or Cle- that cleaning up. It's surprising how much that helps. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm a big procrastinator, but I know that I'm ready to write something when I'm instead of writing it, I'm cleaning up my room. Oh yeah. Like all of the few times I do it, really, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I know it's surprising how much uh, cleaning your 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 space really helps you clear your head. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're almost reaching in an hour. We're almost okay. there, Lucy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, Went by fast. Going back to your younger self, what's some advice you would give yourself that you think would I just benefit you, benefit someone who's listening in and could be in your position. Hmm. Wow. Um, well, the cliche is hang in there. But... Um, I th- for me it was difficult to to um, ask for help 
or find or to figure out who would be of help to me outside of my family. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think if if you know if you're in, um, well, I suppose it it goes for any age, but um, you know, find that mentor, find uh, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Because the question not the the dumb question is the one that's not asked, hmm. and so there is no dumb question. And and I was always um, afraid of judgment and and um, um, and fear of looking dumb, you know, kind of not knowing. Um, but you know, there, there's there's almost like these uh, unwritten rules in in different environments and having to learn those rules really fast um, that was just um, not always succeeding but you know it was quite a challenge so knowing you know don't be shy about um, about asking for clarification and assistance and you know, it's like, I'm new here, you know, can you tell me about, you know, ask questions, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing, and have the courage to do that. Just stay in there and be courageous, because you're going to get through it, no matter what the hardships are. Mm-hmm. If you're not dead, you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a, do you have several mentors, or do you have a specific, uh, one mentor that really helps you, helped you through your artistic journey? Oh, my gosh. Um... I really was encouraged by the um, the instructors, my very first instructors um, over at City College, and their way of uh, looking at art and their knowledge and their knowledge base and being working artists themselves. I was really encouraged um, by all of that, and um, and so just their openness. Their openness to to answer questions and guide and so forth that was just it was a gift it was a gift and so now um, as I you know being in being a full time artist for ten years now I I am uh, you know selective and also. Um, um, kind of more protective, I guess, of what um, the direction I'm going or in the, you know, I'm, I'm being more selective in, in how I'm maneuvering through, through, um, through my career at this point in time. Hmm. So my current mentor is, um, is Stella Zhang, is Z-H-A-N-G. Um, I know I'm butchering the last name. <laughs> she's um she's a great teacher and very giving and sharing information and so forth so that's an inspirational at the same time so that's that's a good thing do you have aspirations yourself to be a mentor towards others you know every, I mean, you already have when you were a teacher but I mean specifically for art yeah uh, I do I do teach now I have a couple of students and I'm looking forward to having a bigger space so I can have more students um, so um, I'm open and um, and yes I mean if if someone you know uh, I've offered you know several times to um, to students but you know life is challenging sometimes and you know time is of you know um, with life you know life happening then yeah. right Life happens, so it's, it's difficult to a challenge for people. Mm-hmm. But um, um, I look forward to um, perhaps going back to city college and um, working out something that I can, you know, help out. And I did that for a little bit, but then getting ready for this show and so forth, you know, that kind of went on the wayside. But. Um, 
Yeah, but having, you know, maybe a long-term mentee, you know, that's always possible. But, you know, I'm open to it. Hmm. I'm open. Do you have any upcoming shows? Anything like that? Nothing scheduled. Nothing scheduled. I'm um, actively looking for a bigger studio space. Um, and, of course, as you know, affordable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah. So a couple, a few things in the works, but nothing set in stone. So we'll see what, what comes out of that. Hmm. Lucy, thank you for coming. Thank you, Jorge. It's been great thank talking you. to you. Uh, you offered some great insight. And um, thank you. That's all I could say. <laughs> You're welcome. I hope you had a good time. I did. I did. All thank right. you. Please visit LucyGelfi.com for more examples of her work. Go check it out. Go support it. It is important. Let's do this, people. We can do this. Hope you enjoyed that chat with Lucy Gelfi. She was a fascinating person and real awesome. So that's it for this week. I'll see you guys next week. Actually, you'll hear of me next week if uh, everything checks out with the doctor's appointment, of course. Uh, we have a comedian stopping by. And he is a prominent known comedian right here, but still has deep roots in the music scene um, from San Jose's past. So stick around, and I hope to see you guys there tomorrow. I'm not got, why do I keep I don't know why I keep saying I'm losing my mind. What I'm saying is, have a great week. Hope you guys do well, and you'll check out the next episode coming out on Sunday. So have a good one. Sayonara. <laughs>